girl. What? Are you serious? Are you serious right now? Are you, are you talking to me? Are you being serious? No, don't, don't. Playlist right now is stand-up comedy. It's like stand-up comedy and musicals. That's it. That's you, are gonna, you are going to be somebody amazing one day, and I'm going to be there for it because you're my favorite. How old are you? Twelve. Oh, you're by far my favorite 12-year-old of all time. So, so what's your favorite musical right now since we're talking music? Oh, this look. She's like, look at her. She's deep in thought. Probably, it'd have to be Dear Evan Hansen or Hamilton. My buddy told me I had to listen to Hamilton, and I was like, bro, I'm a guy. I played football in the 90s. I don't listen to musicals, <laughs> but I heard it's amazing. You didn't listen to it? So no, good. I heard I have to. I've seen it. I've seen the musical on Disney Plus. I've seen it like four times. I forced it's on my Disney. Wife. It is on Disney Plus. I, I forgot about that. It is on Disney Plus, but I I went and saw Hamilton in Chicago, and yes, she she still won't forgive me for it. No, but. I told you to go see it without me. I knew I was too young, and I probably wouldn't remember it when I'm older. I love you. Go on. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Zoe. It's just interesting, man, being able to pull from different people and, you know, everybody who's doing something creative is doing the same thing that you're doing. They're stressing about it. They're trying to put some new content out. They're scared who's going to react. So it's just like when I think the best thing you could do is actually sample somebody who's not well known or not from your culture or anything like that. So people can open up that window of like, hey, man, like I can do, I can this, do this too, or this is new, or, or I turn, I turn something, something different, different. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So give me a rundown, like, what, what do you, whatever you want people to know about you. You can say whatever you want to, like, I smoke crack, uh, whatever, whatever you want. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I have to ask myself whenever I come into a podcast interview, like, how much, how much information am I going to disclose? Yeah, but, it's always hard to figure uh, that out. Yeah. I edited, but, I edited um, it, though, so you could text me, like, hey, man, around 20 minutes, take that out. <laughs> 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 but, um, so I I uh, was born in New Jersey and raised in Michigan, uh, Metro Detroit area, and have had a very eclectic upbringing <laughs> in my life. My my father was a musician, and I grew up in music, engulfed in music, and loving music my whole whole life. I, I say my my life is a soundtrack. That's all. That's awesome. So, like, soundtrack to a movie, right? Oh yeah, like everywhere. So, I feel like every chapter of my life, there's like a soundtrack that I just vibe through life with. That's very interesting because whenever you look at music as like a soundtrack, I went over that with somebody I was talking to. I forget what it was, but oh, um, the what is the movie that just came out? The Judas, um, Judas and the Messiah movie. Oh, it's I haven't the, seen it. But the soundtrack is amazing. So yeah, keep going. I just I like to digress all the time. No, no, I like getting sidetracked. That's where the best conversations exactly. come from. Exactly, you get it. Uh, but yeah, so you know, I my parents are hippies, so I grew up listening to a lot of old school hippie music. <laughs> so old school uh, hippie music. What, what do you what do you what do you consider old school hippie music? Uh, well, they were deadheads, so they would like. They would go see the Grateful Dead live, and my dad was big into like the wall of sound, and he was like a sound master on top really? of me. And so he, yeah, we grew up so, with like, yeah, you know, explain explain your dad because Joe was kind of saying some different things about him, like, and I know people aren't watching this, obviously they won't be able yeah, to watch yeah, it, yeah. but I see all the influence on your bed, the back of your wall. So kind of explain that. Yeah, so my dad was, um, he played the, played the guitar his whole life. I think he got his first guitar when he was like 13 years old. He passed away in 2018, um, but played, you know, played for, you know, probably 50 years he played the guitar and um, got to the point where he 
uh, actually performed and won a couple uh, competitions at the Apollo when the Apollo was a big oh, wow. thing to go and play that. And uh, yeah, so we grew up with him, you know, first playing in bars when we were kids. We were totally those kids drinking Shirley Temples at the bar while our dad jammed. And then uh, like later on in life, when we moved to Michigan, uh, he performed at this concert uh, every year called, um, it was called Rock and Reggae. And he would play like all day. Oh, he was, wow. It was like the side stage that was like playing in between every band all day. So, you know, nowadays you wouldn't see this happening. But when I was like, you know, eight or eight and 10 years old, we would we would be at this concert. I had my backstage pass and we just ran freely and did whatever we wanted at a giant hippie festival for four days every year. How would you how would you feel if one of your kids became a musician like that? Like, I know you've probably seen some stuff. I'm a musician and I'm a DJ yeah. and I could like, how would you feel? Oh, man, I feel I mean, my I push my kids you know, to learn music because I feel like it develops different parts of the brain and, you know, uh, develops character differently for people. So um, I would love for my kids to learn about music and pursue the art. Uh, There's some things I disagree with the music industry when it comes to, you know, how it can consume you and what it can do to you if you don't know, uh, you know, the party life. The Lord. (laughs) (laughs) if you don't know the lord rachel it'll consume you yeah and depending on where you live you know i grew up being a lover of music in metro detroit and had access to any concert music musician show you know of any kind you know within you know 15 20 minute drive so 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 um, what was your favorite thing to listen to like back then like so if you had a choice and i mean obviously it changes a hindsight being 2020 obviously but what is something that you were like oh i was listening to this or this is what kind of sparked the whole thing off for me yeah i mean i as a kid i listened to everything from like green day to bone thugs and harmony they should do a um, record together, Green Day and Bones <laughs> <and> Harmony. <laughs> you imagine? Um, and I'm and and yeah, and so like I grew up listening to BB King and Grateful Dead and uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of Bob Marley. And then you know, like as time progressed, like you know, once I became an adult, there was like you know Jack Johnson and John Mayer, and you know hip hop got really good in the nineties where we had, you know, like Kanye and Tupac and Biggie and like Jack Johnson, huh? Jack Johnson. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a little too happy for me. I don't like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I had kids, that's when Jack Johnson crept in my life. Cause I was, uh, like, you need something to keep you uh sane. Look, John Mayer, we used to call him the gospel because he would put Zoe to sleep. I don't know. If it was 100%. She would cry and cry, and we put on John Mayer, and she would go to sleep. And I was like, "Well, I guess he's part of the household now." That's crazy because I'm doing two podcasts tonight, and the next one is all about John Mayer with this guy yeah. from California. Yeah, yeah. John Mayer is amazing. Yeah. So, so there's no, yeah, there's that, no limitations to my to to music in my life. Um, Really, like any music that I don't like, the all it takes is me seeing it live. You ever notice that difference? Hundred percent. It's like you could could have music you despise. Like I was always that girl, and you hear this so much in the black community. You're like, I listen to all kinds of music except for country. (laughs) (laughs) Until you see that shit live, and then you see a country music show live, and you're like, damn, that guy was lit. Like (laughs) I saw Garth Brooks on his birthday for three hours climbing stages. I was like, bro, you can't tell me you don't. If you like music, you'll appreciate this. Yeah, it's it's just. And that was the same thing with Dave Matthews. Like I saw, like I heard "Crash Into Me." Like the everybody heard that song. Like obviously in the nineties, mm-hmm. I saw him live. I was like, whoa, this is not the same thing. This is completely different. I mean, yeah. these guys go from jazz to from to blues to. I mean, it, it was insane to watch them do that for two hours, and they do it fifty times a summer. It's I mean, it's 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 it's, it's it's what I would love to do and what I think music is. So yeah, you're right. When you, when you see something live, it's completely different. And it, it displays the real talent in art. It's like when you listen to music, like 
I remember hearing Lady Gaga for the first time and being like, okay. Okay. Yeah, she can go fly a kite for sure until right? you really respect it. Until you hear, you know, like I, I started, especially once like the internet, I'm old. So once the internet became a big thing and you could look up like original music or like like uh, acoustic renditions of things. Yeah. It, that's all you got. Like, if you find an artist you hate, look up acoustic rendition. Even that's Billy all you have to do. <laughs> that's so amazing. Like, listen to the, the what the original song was supposed to sound like from their heart and soul, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry that this is what it turned into. You can even you can even look up the acoustic version of an acoustic song, and it's like, golly, like yeah. fast car. Like, I don't care how many times that song's redone. It's amazing. It's just an amazing song. Mm. I used to lie to people and say Tracy Chapman was my aunt because my my maiden name is Chapman. It works though. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was there when she wrote that song. No, I wasn't. Oh, <laughs> hey, everybody, Rachel's black, so that that's where that came from. I am. I am. <laughs> so, so if you can go back like to your childhood and be like, okay, so like, so I'll, I'll preface it by saying like, so whenever I was young, my mom and my dad were playing like. I never really heard them listen to music together. I heard them listen to music separate. Like kind of like my mom was like, my mom listened to music. You could tell what the fuck she was going through. Like her music, she wore her music on her sleeves. <laughs> it was crazy. But my dad always listened to the same thing. It was like Prince. It was always country, Travis Tritt, stuff like that. So what were you like? What was going on in your house? Mm. My dad was. My dad performed at a lot of like shows and stuff. And so it depended on the band. Like he would, he was like a collector of people. And so he would find all these random ass dudes that kind of knew how to play music. And he would, he would teach them. He would teach them how to be a band and he would lead them to be great, you know? And so for my dad, it just depended on what he was like working on and what he was teaching and, and all of that stuff. And my mom, very much like your mom, like, it depended on what she was going through. Like, I know as soon as Janis Joplin was blaring from her room that there was something wrong. <laughs> you know, her wailing me my and mom, Bobby. I said, McGee. I said this to the last Oh, my goodness. My, my mom's was uh, Macy Gray. I was like, why are you listening to that, bro? Like, this is not something that is mentally like a mental this isn't a i try to say goodbye <laughs> you playing <laughs> it was crazy i remember my mom uh i remember i'm like oh lord my mom is old when we walked in and she was like mr lover lover <laughs> i was like what <laughs> i love this guy shaggy i'm like oh. <laughs> how did shaggy become popular like how did that happen I don't even know. I don't get it. I, I mean, I'm sure my kids feel the same way when they walk in and I'm like bumping Cardi B. They're like, uh uh-uh, uh, mom, you can't be listening to WAP. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, you probably shouldn't be listening to Cardi B because that is the trash of trash music. It's terrible. Like, I, get, I DJ and I don't play Cardi B. It's terrible. I will give credit to whoever's producing her because her beats are. Oh, it is all- amazing. Yes, 100%. 1,000%. <laughs> and but so. It, but it, like that whole manufactured thing, like it seems too like clinical, if that makes sense. Like it seems like, oh, it's, okay, it's so this really, is the prescription for what you're saying. It is. It's what's interesting about music now versus what music was is I felt like there was a certain level of unpredictability, like in the in the '90s and early 2000s, right? Yeah. Like when when Outkast came out, and it was Ooh. like like all of our minds were blown there was no there was no like consistency there was no like mathematics or psychology behind the music that they were making yeah. they made music that was wild same thing with like Buster Rhymes and Missy Elliott and Timberland and all of that stuff it was like you just didn't know where it was coming from I just was looking up a bunch of stuff like about Detroit and Aaliyah was from Detroit Aaliyah well, I think she was from Detroit well, she was born somewhere else, but grew up in Detroit, and I never knew that. I have, fa- I used to go to like Thanksgiving every year on like Seven Mile. Oh man! Life. Yeah, so <laughs> the first the first car accident and shootout I've ever seen was in Detroit. <laughs> no surprise there. Detroit, no, it's a right. special, it's a special place where like 
I remember when I was a kid, like Eminem and ICP were a big thing in Detroit, right? ICP, and they were oh my God. Look, my daughter was like, I learned this, I heard this new song today. And it was, it was an ICP song. And it was like, uh. I had like little flashbacks of like, okay, I'm not going to tell her nothing about who, who I used to be. But, <laughs> but I will not lie. When I was a kid in Detroit and, and Eminem and ICP would rival, going to their shows was the wildest thing. I bet ever experienced because they were so like their people were all so passionate about their beliefs. And I think that this is a lost thing in, in the art of music now is that like people aren't passionate about the belief system in music anymore. Yeah. And so you could, you could go to Eminem and see Eminem and D12 and all of them. And it was like, they're, they're that, fans. the mosh pit yeah. mentality is gone. It's gone, and so yeah. you know, I I just loved the atmosphere. I remember when I married my husband, and I was like, "Oh my!" One of my friends was performing at Harpo's in Detroit, and if you look up Harpo's in Detroit, it's it's like the armpit of Detroit. It's like you <laughs> <laughs> you should not. You should not go there alone. And I remember being like 16 in my big like raver pants and my cute little belly shirt going to Harpo's like I owned the place. And I was like, I yeah. don't know how I'm still alive today. But I, <laughs> I, I brought my husband to Harpo's and we were out in the we were out in the parking lot. And like, you know, Detroit like had a huge homeless population. I think they still do. Um, and they this 100%. guy. This guy was like outside of our car and Joe's like, oh, like, what do we do? I'm like, lock the car, give him 20 bucks, ask him to keep an eye on the car for us. And he was like, what? I'm like, give him, give him 20 bucks. And we went into the show. It was like a four hour show. We saw um, my friend was opening for Tech Nine and some other cats. Come back out, dude. Stand by the car. He's like, good as new, brother. <laughs> Joe was like, what? That's, that, hey, that's what, we, that's what we call black resilience right there. We understand how to get shit done. You know who you should be concerned about in Detroit and who you should, shouldn't be concerned yeah. about. And so I moved, when I left Detroit, I moved to Kansas because that's what every sane person does is they leave the Detroit party scene and they move to Kansas. And 100% every time. That's the story <laughs> I always hear. When we were in Kansas, the BTK killer was caught. Joe was, I met my husband there and uh, he deployed and they caught this BTK killer who was like stuffing people in barrels and he looked like a normal dude. And I was like, look, in Detroit, I knew who I was concerned about. Out here, look, we fired our lawnmower person. We were like, we're not, (laughs) my sister. So. No, no, yeah, you, he did. He look, he was very normal on the outside, like little short, little white guy. Like he probably like bring you cookies on Christmas. Look, I ain't taking no cookies. <laughs> I know, the, I know the cookies you eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't take them from him though, Dallas. Come on. No, no, but, nobody does that. But yeah, so, so I'm stoked about the event we're going to be doing because. I'm not going to lie. It kind of took me back to like being a teenager in Detroit. And that's what I, that's how I made a lot of my money is we would throw shows. We would throw concerts and we would get DJs and rappers and musicians to come and charge for and yeah. Yeah. So it was like, I'm like, let's have a party. And Joe's like, you're going to throw a party. I'm like, I know how to do this. I know enough people. I know a venue. I know how to get going. So I love how like I, I looked at my Facebook. I was like, I don't. What's his name? Caleb. I don't know who Caleb is, but hey, buddy. <laughs> like you just linked the whole thing up like immediately. Oh, Caesar. Yeah, yeah Caesar doesn't. They not Caleb. Yeah. You guys are. You guys are gonna get along. But I was like, you guys are two of the most talented people I, I have in my circle right now. So I'm like, no, it'll be a good time. So so kind of uh, put it out there. Like what is, what's going on? What, what's your idea? Cause you have this creative expression kind of thing that I think you have to meet you to like feel and see. Yeah. Especially when you meet your kids. Like, 
Like you have to meet your kids to know your like ability to like do that thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're either going to like run a gang or take over the world. One of them, either way, one of them is going to be the head of the pagans. One of them is going to be the vice president of the United States. (laughs) Something's going to happen. So I feel like it's important for our kids to learn the things that we wish we would have known when we were children. And so I, I want my kids to know a, how to express themselves unapologetically. Yes. Of course, with respect. Um, but I also want them to know how to be curious and explore and find out more information about the things that they're interested in. And so your kids know more than I ever did at that age in terms of like, in terms of the expression of oneself. Cause that's all music really is. It's like, I remember I used to play and then you would do something like I would do something at home and be like, well, I can't do this in front of people. <laughs> like people are going to look at me and they're going to be like, what's that? And then when you when you stop giving a shit, you know what I mean? And Zoe already doesn't care. <laughs> like that's the biggest one up that she has on everybody because she doesn't care. She, I think that she's just okay with who she is. You and that's know what crazy I mean? to say about a twelve year old. A twelve year old, and so it's interesting because I learned so much from her being my daughter. Um, that's awesome to say though. I think that is very important to like say like I learned something from a 12 year old yeah well I think only the foolish doesn't learn something from anybody right like I a lot of us are dumb did you, did you see what happened uh, on Capitol Hill did you see that shit <laughs> hey yeah, throw that key away let's throw that key away next <laughs> subject <laughs> conversation <laughs> but but no like you can learn you know I guess that's how I've gotten so far in business and we just bought our third location for our UPS store empire we're building um and like literally I learned something from every person that I come in contact with in business and so um that doesn't stop with business though I learned something from everybody and if I ever think I know everything I'm the dumbest person in the room you know? 100%. And, and this is my thing about like music so uh, a lot of times I think the like when you get into like business meetings and you become like in that business scene you start to have to have the image and the persona of like oh I have this under control I know everything that's going on but in music it's very universal and the language spreads so far that it's everybody walks in like all right so and I think that's why I love music because the expression becomes so like uh, it becomes so like like two year old like we're all just in the playground just kind of playing around we're like the boys go with the girls but then they go with the, the boys go with the girls and the girls go with the boys but there's nothing in between because they don't know anything and they're just kind of reacting to the situation It's that's why I love music because everybody has a chance to be real yeah because at and the end also, of the yeah it also i think is the one thing that like no matter what can always unify us and so you know there's times like part of my one, part of my interviews to interview people in business was what's your favorite you know what's your favorite music what's your favorite song what kind of stuff are you listening to right now i still ask people what their favorite color is i think that's an important question to know <laughs> i mean there's psychology behind that but music is i feel like it's always 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 the one thing that can unify us no matter what kind of music you like or you're into and so that that was part of the reasoning of wanting to bring you and caesar together because i feel like you know music and art is what can unify a community and right now i live in a community that is so desperate for unification that um i'm i i'm willing to do whatever i can to help it you know but I think you you have that creative brain, like in terms of I don't think so. I, like I say this all the time, I think I used to think people, I used to think everybody could be smart. They just applied themselves. Mm-hmm. Not the case. I used to think <laughs> everybody could could play the piano and do. Not the case. Most people are just what we see and what they do, which I'm not. A lot of people can't even be that. But I'm not, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But when it comes to like creative expression, I think people need to like Zoe has a one up on everybody because half of the battle is being able to hop on that one leg on your own to just do that thing. Yeah, you know what half I mean? the battle is to maintain that. I think we're all born with that, Dallas. I think we're all. Could you could you crumble the bag a little less loudly? We're recording. <laughs> 
Could you cry? <laughs> it has to be. It has to be my guy. It has to be. A- um. Um. But no, like what I've noticed with children and Zoe. Zoe, she's the highlight of this. We should just put Zoe on this this podcast right now because she. Hundred percent. At the end. At the end, let her talk. I promise. <laughs> But she she said at a at a very young age she must have been like now oh, the dog is drinking water this is crazy my house is a madhouse it, it's fine I love uh, it but so she said um, she was I don't I think we were talking about my aunt and she was probably five or six years old and she said you know kids have a light inside of them and when you become a grown up the light goes away. And I was like, oh, she's like, except for Aunt Giselle, she still has her light. <laughs> I was like, I don't have a light? Like, where's my light? But I could remember, see. Remember we did that Zoom? I, I told you, I, was, I told her I'm going to buy your CD one day. Look, I, it will not surprise me at all. She's been working on the guitar lately, too. So she's, <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But she, even her, I could see in that age range. And how old's your son now? Seven. Seven. No, he just okay. turned eight. He actually just turned eight February 1st. So between eight and 12, their innocence disappears. Oh, yeah. They're ratchet. And it, it, it's not that they, it's not that they become like bad people, but you can see like the, 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 the world starts to get to them and they start worried about being judged and what other people think. And, yeah. and it's, that's been the most devastating part of parenting is like once you see that start to disappear, you know, you start grasping at straws on how to keep them authentically them. And that's why I think we need like more Atlantis, more sets. And I always bring this shit up because I used to listen to like, remember like in the nine, like when I grew up, I'm 33 and the, the forbidden fruit of music was like for girls, it was Atlantis set For guys, it was Marilyn Manson. I kind of get the Marilyn Manson part. I'm not gonna lie to you, but Marilyn Atlantis Manson was amazing. And he but he's amazing in terms of you're right. But it was that expressive, like it, the expression part of it. Okay, like when you get off the whole like cinematic whole masterpiece that he put together, it's just the balls to do that. That's At the right. end of the day. And when you get to that point, like people are like, oh, you DJ. I'm just like, you, do you know how scared I am every time I DJ? Mm-hmm. It, it brings a little bit out of me, like for my regular day of, of life in terms of just being able to talk to people or, hey, make this decision or maybe would you go run this UPS store or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean, like that kind of stuff. But did it, what, what made you start? Because you play, you play an instrument too, a couple, right? I've been playing the piano and. Uh, organ since I was like seven, eight, okay. but I played a uh, acoustic and electric, but I played the saxophone, clarinet all through like school and stuff like that. I just never, I could probably play any instrument I wanted to. It would, <laughs> some would be harder than others. Um, everybody told me like, if you play the piano, you can play anything. And I was like, yeah, that sounds crazy. But it was, it was honestly true. The piano is actually one of the most like, like if they say Latin is the base language, <laughs> It yeah. kind of seems like piano tends to be that kind of thing. Because I played the guitar, I was like, "What?" So you mean I could just learn this chord and I just slide it? It was just you very just easy. You piano and you turn it sideways, and that's the guitar. <laughs> that's what people said, and I was like, "What?" And then I started playing the guitar. And I was like, "Ah, oh, okay." Yeah. And it makes it easier because you can make mistakes on the guitar because I can bend a note. Like if I hit the wrong note, I can just bend it real fast or stuff like that. Like I'm just learning, and it, it, honestly, like music teaches me so much about life in terms of just like it's weird to say and i think people who don't or like your dad was a musician and like you grew up with that whole like like you're so you're you're from like the detroit area and it's very hard to not think about detroit and not think about the temptations in motown mm-hmm. and the song called papa was a rolling stone because at the end of the day when you have somebody who is that engulfed in music you have no choice but to deal with that that thing you know what i mean yeah 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 like, and not that's- so much, not so much like that history of that story, but it's just like your dad might, he's going to be doing something unobserved for a while doing music or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And honestly, it's like how I think music is like the one way that um, you can teach people something without even having to like have a conversation. Right. And so 
it's interesting since my dad passed away, like we have, I fought the uh, U.S. Copyright Office for two years to get his music. And because really? he sent, he's, I remember when he, I was a kid, it was like, two, uh, well, no, it was 94. And I remember him recording the album. My mom's like, I remember submitting it to the copyright office and we didn't, we didn't pay like our gas bill that month so we could pay to have it copywritten. And, wow. uh, and, and they couldn't, first they, they couldn't find it. And then they found it or no, first they found it. I submitted to get a copy. They lost the paperwork. And then uh, I, they, they didn't send it to me when they were supposed to. They raised the prices and I had to pay more money or whatever, which I was fine with. And then I contacted them and they said that they couldn't locate it. And I was like, ugh. But it, I, I literally fought for two years to try to get this music. And then once I had it, the message, like I've heard my dad's songs a million times. And I like. Yeah, that's amazing. Re-listening to the message in music from that you know from your childhood as an adult and you could you could testify to this like anything you listen to in the 90s that you listen to now you're like ooh wait that that what was that what was right? that <laughs> right and yeah. so the messaging now that I'm an adult listening to my father's music is like whew, he has he has a song called be careful what you wish for and the lyrics are be careful what you wish for cuz you might get what you need You've got to count your blessings because we're all blessed indeed. And and that's my thing. So, like, sometimes it's like a musician. Like, I'll I'll ask crazy questions to people. I'm like, so, hey, man, what's your favorite song lyrics? You're like, that's an impossible question to answer. But stuff like that will send you in a whirlwind of, especially whenever you're, like, of that culture, of that, you know what I'm saying, of that, that, like, you're used to that kind of thought process. Like, oh, man, what is my favorite lyric? And it'll be something that small that says, like, be careful what you wish for. And it's just like you never know what you're going to get. I, I I talk about all the time. Like, I used to think, like, so people pray to God all the time. Like, like well, God's not answering my blessings, but there's a timeline. So if you ask for something December 31st and you get it December 31st, but 20 years later, he answered the prayer, just not when you wanted it. Mm-hmm. So be careful what you wish for because you don't know when you're going to get it. You don't know when it's going to happen. So stuff like that, like, I was talking to my buddies uh, last podcast I had. I didn't record it because it was ridiculous. <laughs> but I was like, I just started talking about like, what is my favorite song? And they were like, what is your favorite song? Or what are your favorite song lyrics? And it was just like Stairway. And I have no clue what those lyrics mean. I have zero clue what Stairway means. Like, like it makes some kind of sense. Like I can sit down and I can listen to it. But I'm like, I still don't know the premise of the story. What does? What is it? What is the meaning? And it's just like, well, that's what it is. It's just that thing. And only music can do that. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even about the lyrics. Sometimes it's about, you know, the melody and the, the you know, like the beat. Sometimes it's just that bass line. Like you could, you could release the shittiest song on the planet, but you give it a hard bass line <laughs> and, and everybody's like throwing their fists up when they walk in the club, right? Like um, Rachel, 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 that song's called Afro Man because I got high. That's the name of that song. It's the dumbest shit of all time. Put that shit on in a bar. I promise you everybody loses their mind. Every single time. And so I think it's just, I think that, you know, musicians are the master of storytelling somehow, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I think that's what's even greater about the DJ. Like, like not to, not in a blasphemous way, but like I've always, especially when I when I was a teenager and we used to go to raves, like old school warehouse, funky, dirty yeah. raves. There was like live DJs with records, right? And they. Yeah looked like gods because they controlled the room. Like they controlled everything everybody wanted to do for the night based on what they were playing. And I thought that was crazy. That's kind of crazy that you say that because I've been DJing for seven going on eight years and I never thought about it that way. No? Never. Oh, never. 
you control. I mean, and, and that's like, I guess it depends on like what kind of event you're, no, it doesn't depend on the event. You could be DJing at a wedding and it's like, you know, you got people feeling like there ain't nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. And next <laughs> depending on the wedding, they're like stupid shuffling next. And it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. You're in. I've never thought about that. I think because, so here's my thing like with music. I, with everyday life, I'm not too insecure, but with music, I become very insecure. I become like, like, uh, very like, oh, we don't know how this is going to go. So I got to try my hardest kind of thing. A lot of things in life, you don't have to, like, if you're going to the store to go grab some milk, you don't got to go try your hardest to go do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like with music, every time I do it, I'm just like, oh, all right, they got to like me. So what do I have to do? And, all the practice I did doesn't matter. It's just one of those things. And, and honestly, just the best balance for my life because it keeps me just at bay. You know what I mean? I pick up a new instrument because I'm just like, I need something to suck at sometimes. Yeah. Well, because you can, though. I could see that being like a high-pressured, almost like uncomfortable thing because you care and you're passionate about what you're about to deliver. 100%. Because I can't, like somebody's like, oh, read this book. That'll make you like, I don't want to, if I don't want to do it, it's not a thing for me. I mean, I read. I I can read. I'm not. I can read. Everybody, I I know how to read. But, <laughs> but like, if it's not something that I think that's on that level of, because we have, I think that we have to understand. Okay, so like the arts. Okay, there's the arts over here, and sometimes somebody can splash some paint on a canvas, and it's like, oh my god, look at that. And then there's music over here, and then there's the intellects, and there's the the academia over here to where they actually analyze different things. And I think it all comes together at some point, but certain things I just don't care about. Like mm-hmm. the working man, like so the Bruce Springsteen, like born to run working man attitude of, uh-huh, we're going to put our boot, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and wake up at six o'clock in the morning. And if there's no creative expression in it, what, what are you really doing? That's how I feel about it. I think, I mean, I think everybody... I think that all of these things exist because there's somebody to do them, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Somebody has to do something. Yeah. So there's certain things in life that I am just not the person to do that thing. Um, But but I'm thankful for the people who do it. So I'm not your steel mill guy, but I love you guys who go and do it. No, but I. It's interesting because I love and I'm so passionate about music, but I can't. I can I can like fiddle around with an instrument, but I can't I can't play instruments, dude. So you, you want to know? So when I knew like so when I really started to this was the beginning. I never I still don't think that I'm good, but I knew that it was something I was going to be a part of my life because whenever you grow up in black church, right, and there's these people who are worshiping God. Okay, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother segment. But I can't do that. That doesn't, my philosophical and logical mind won't let me do that. Mm-hmm. I can't worship somebody who's not around. I've never seen it. I mean, I get it, but I can't do it. Yeah. So one lady out of the blue comes up to me and she goes, I guess she probably noticed because she was an older lady. It kind of goes like, you should probably try to worship God through like playing music. I was like, huh, that's different. That's interesting. She's like, so sometimes just close your eyes and play your piano. And I was like, I was like, oh wow, that was that I mean it was just different ways, but it it kind of went from like, okay, worshiping God to like it's a way of escape kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So if you can escape through that thing, then you can always return back through that thing too. Even the concept of worshiping God, like where 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 I'm from, uh there's this church called Detroit World Outreach. And it's to us, it was just like a regular church, but now it's like a mega church. Like they broadcast international and it's huge. And Jeez. even people who don't even believe in God, you, oh, attend, oh. <laughs> you attend praise and worship at a church like that. And you're going to feel something, whether, you, whether, something. It's, whether it's God, whether it's like whatever. And it don't people, matter. People start running around and passing out. And it's like, you're like, I don't know what's in here. We are in Detroit, but the music is. (laughs) Is it the water? What is it? Isn't it crazy? It's it's nuts. And I love that my musical background started from that thing. Yeah. And it it shows you the power of music. Because it's my thing. Okay, so, and I'm not trying to be blasphemous. I'm not trying to, I'm not going to be political or religious. 
But okay, so you want to tell me that's God? I, I've seen people react the same way over purple rain. So I don't know what it is. No. It's just crazy how music affects people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, like it, it, it's just something to me that has always been like. I remember I was talking to Jill one day, and I was like, "It just blew my mind that people, not everybody, could produce music." And I felt bad for people. <laughs> like I felt bad one day. I was like, "Oh, you can't do that thing." <laughs> Poor baby. That sucks. <laughs> I wish you could do that because that's awesome. Like when you have a bad day, you can just go play the piano. Ugh, that's what I just, do. It's something different, and producing music can be uh, mundane. Like I, I remember growing up and like, I don't know, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but have you ever, you, have you ever been to somebody's like home studio and they got the egg cartons on the wall and it's like yeah, the closet? For sure. Yep. <laughs> And you just sit there for like for like twelve hours listening to the same beat over and over and you and you add a hi hat to it and it everybody's yeah. mind blown. And so to like to grow up in that world where like you see somebody like throwing a guitar riff over a bass line and and you see it you see how it comes together. Um and yeah, how man. I produce I produce a CD. Yeah, it's it's a CD, what is that? I've been listening to a lot. I, I produced a CD like the, it was like, like I did in 2000. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Is this a compact disc? Is that what that is? <laughs> Music is the manifestation of the subconscious, like, thought. Like, you can actually see it. Because the subconscious, like, we kind of always try to, like, like, I love a lot of people who do mushrooms. I'm not going to say myself, but who try to explore <laughs> nose goes, but people who try to explore the, the subconscious thought and they don't want to have, like, how do you see it? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you get that from, you know, from that kind of, you know, that kind of vibe and yeah, music, you actually like music. I like, I can have this conversation with you all day because you get it. I get it on so many levels and I, but I feel it like, to my core yeah. and you want to talk about manifestation of music let me have you have you been to vegas yeah i was there for five days it was the worst last two days of my life oh i'm sorry three days five is, days is too long three is max you lose yeah couple, you lose a couple decades sometimes at five days but i think i lost, I think I lost five years of my life yep look can't ever get it back <laughs> i bring it up because my i i don't gamble um, I literally go to Vegas to see the shows. And so have you been to a Circus Olay show? No, no. So it's a little wild, but I'm not a Beatles fan. But the Beatles Circus Olay is the visual spectrum of the Beatles album. That's kind of nuts to me. I don't even know how you would start to begin that. It is mind blowing and like my husband's not a Beatles fan at all and he like his uncle is his uncle well yeah true (laughs) Uh, there's that but but, um, the visual it it was like I never understood their music but to see a visual put behind it it was was mind blowing and like humbling and like oh is that really what they were talking about because a lot of their stuff is like any sense makes sense at all but it's like pink floyd that I, like, I heard whenever they do the wall album it's like they build the wall as this, they do the whole thing and you kind of see the whole thing like yeah. you said the manifestation of that but the beatles are super trippy somehow like it doesn't make sense to me like i'm still trying to go on like this i won't go full face in on the beatles i'm not doing it no i still can't do it but the circus ole show was the shit i'm not gonna lie really i, I would see it and and any like we ended up seeing it almost like against our own will because every local said that they had been to see it five or six times. And you're like really? You went this? This is the thing you saw? Yeah, but it was it was so aesthetically intense, and the stages rotate. So every time you go, you see a different show depending on where you're sitting. In, in that's the just see that that stuff right there. That kind of. I don't think people are smart. I think they're creative. Oh, it was art. It was I mean, art. What's that shit they say? There's more than one way to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. 
Which I don't, I don't understand why. Who thought of that bullshit? You ever wonder, like, who the hell? <laughs> who said that? <laughs> why? Who? First, let's get a cat for what? Monsters. <laughs> Horrible human beings. So, Rachel, what are you listening to right now? Like, what do you, if you put on, I mean, it's probably a lot of things. I mean, I listen to, I listen to 175 songs. Mm-hmm. Like, I can only keep, there's this, there's this, uh, this is not a philosophy, but there is this theory that you can only, as a human being, keep like 150 people in your mind. And mm-hmm. as you meet new people, they tell you like it's one of those things to where as the bucket fills up, water has to leave. Mm. So music is like that for me. Like I will listen to the same 150 songs, but as new ones drop. But sometimes those other ones recycle in, mm-hmm. and then the new ones fall out. It's kind of it's kind of a weird thing. Like there's certain songs that will never leave. Like Voodoo yeah. Child will never leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gravity by John Mayer will never leave. Mm-hmm. It's, but there's certain things when I. So what do you listen to right now? Like I'm listening to. Did you oh, sing that? Kind of right. Let me open up my phone again. It's all dependent on like my mood. Oh, the John Legend Bigger Love album. Oh, I haven't listened to it. <gasps> I do love, love me some Joe Legend though. It it was like the love mantra of 2020 for me and Joe. We would cook to it and clean to it and drive to it, and it was like it was the first album in a long time released that I could listen to front to back, really, without skipping a song. Um, so I'm I, we've been big on that. I just watched, um, I was doing laundry the other day and I watched the Beyonce Homecoming on Netflix. That was her Coachella performance. Her, her live CD, the, the first one, is bananas. Bananas. And I. Oh, bananas. My husband and I are in a good place, so I'm not listening to Lemonade. My kids know when things aren't good because mom's in the bathroom showering, listening to Lemonade, and they're like, ooh. Dad, did something wrong. And <laughs> Zoe's like, oh, there goes her light. <laughs> I guess she's not Becky with the good hair today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, man. Okay, so let's check it out right now. I've been back All in right, this so-, so my, my, oh, here's my, my motivation playlist is uh, Glorious by Macklemore, Fly by Nicki Minaj, <laughs> Ti, whatever you like. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like that. That's a you thing for sure. It's com- well, that, actually, that song that was like mine and Joe's theme song when I first started dating him. <laughs> he was like, you can, he was broke as hell. He was like, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he said I can have whatever I like. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. He said I got whatever I like. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of um oh sorry, I put it on. A lot of old school Kanye's been coming. Oh out. yeah, there it goes. I heard I heard it. Mm-hmm. Flashing. Yeah. Lights. So Kanye West is my all time favorite in terms of like if a human brain comes together to like together, so the weirdness, the Michael Jackson weirdness matched with the talent with the this over here and then the, what he did in the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's undeniable. You can't talk, you you can't come to me and say like, oh, that guy, he doesn't make sense. I get that. He doesn't make sense at all. But you have to come together. And just like when Michael Jackson moonwalked for the first time and everybody was like, oh, my God, what is that? That's how I look at Kanye. Like, what is that? Like, that is nuts. The dude don't. He 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 loves the that he's he loves that his music is crazy though, and I feel yeah. like did you watch he there was an interview with him and um, David Letterman on David Letterman's new show um, called My Next Guest Is. Okay. I think it's on Netflix or something, and he interviews Kanye, and Kanye says something about like he was asking about being bipolar and stuff. And Kanye says something that was like one of the most powerful things I've heard somebody say in the music industry. And he was like, you know, everybody wanted to say something about me being crazy, right? I'm bipolar. Yeah. Okay. I'm chemically crazy. He's like, but for years, y'all have been saying, man, Kanye, 
that beat is crazy. That music yeah. is crazy. And he's like, so you want crazy music, but you don't want a crazy person. Crazy person. Exactly. Crazy. It is one of those things to where sometimes like whenever I, it, it's kind of weird whenever you go into this realm where like you want to produce something and you want it to be different. You can't be the same doing different shit. You can't be. It just doesn't work it that way. You got to hope that at the end of the day, there's some guy in the sky who's like, okay, I'm going to guide you through this. But if you really want to do it and you really want, you have to, you're going to be off scale. You're going to be off the Richter scale at some point. And it, it, it is a chemical imbalance. Like love is a chemical imbalance. Like how many girl, how many people have you seen love somebody? You're like what the hell are you fucking talking about? Look, I am a woman. <laughs> As a woman, I am chemically imbalanced at least seven days a month. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. So I'm not even going to question it. I, what I do question is like the integrity of the people judging. You know. In, in those circumstances, because I think that for any of us to do something amazing, like anybody who's told me to go and pursue my dreams, they say you have to want it so bad that people are concerned about you how, um, during the pursuit. Yeah. And, um, oh, I can't remember who said that it. That gives me goosebumps. I like that. You know what I, I mean? I like that, though. I like that. Like People yeah. need to fucking be worried about you through this process because what you're pursuing is greater than anything going on right now. Even yourself, yeah, 100%. And so I appreciate it. Like, I feel like if Kanye and Michael and Tupac and Biggie, if they didn't get into that mindset where they were like bonkers, where like nothing else in the world mattered other than them doing what they knew they were put on this earth to do, we wouldn't be the people we are today. Yeah. So, some of us tend to be batteries. Mm-hmm. Some of us tend to be kind of like a a spark to the battery. And I that's how I kind of feel about it. Like, you got to be the... I can, I, I'm not a battery guy. I'm just not going to sit here and turn the wheel with you motherfuckers. Like, I just can't do it. I mean, I will. I'll turn the wheel with you, but I got to... I got a, I'm a spark plug at some point. Like, and I just, like, I mean, that's very interesting. Like, sometimes I do shit. I know Jill's like, oh, what in the hell is he doing? But I just, yeah, you got to be fully engulfed in it. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's not even like a thing. Like, I have to think about it. It's just like, yep, this is what I'm doing now. It's been eight hours. I had, like, I've just been sitting here doing this thing that I love. Yeah. And, it, it, and when it consumes you, though, right? Oh, and- it, yeah. In a good way, but it could be in a bad way because sometimes it gets in the way of relationships and all of that stuff. But I feel like through that consumption, we we become a person that really we're meant to be and the world doesn't get a piece of it at the time. Right. And so that creative process of 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 developing something is where you as an adult get to actually be your true self without any anybody interrupting 100% and I think a lot of things with music for me is like whenever you become like logical thinking human being and you understand like you are to the world as a grain of sand is to the beach Mm. music doesn't make me feel that way music makes you feel like the world isn't that big Mm. you know what I mean and it's that feeling that you get it's like that's what I get engulfed in like it's something to figure out there's nothing to figure out with the natural world for me like what is what are you figuring out? Everything's changing, everything's moving. There's six billion people going <laughs> on seven. What am I trying to figure out? But whenever you can deduce everything down to we all like the stones, right? Even if you don't like them, you heard of them. Right. It kind of it makes the world a lot smaller. Right. Even yeah. like, I mean it even it even eliminates the language barrier, right? A thousand percent. My sister was or my was it my sister? No, my daughter. She was listening to like, I don't know, when K-pop started being a thing. I was like, oh God, no! But she was Ew. listening. To, she was listening to K-pop, and I was like, what are you listening to? And she's like, K-pop. And I'm like, you don't even know what she's saying. And she was like, Mom, you were just out here dancing in a gasolina. <laughs> <laughs> Shout to Zoe for the fourteenth time. Grooving the Megante. (laughs) All the time. I was like, okay, you got me there, but it's still K pop. But it's. I still don't know what he's talking about. He could be talking about lighting people on fire. 
I have no idea, but I was grooving to it. And yes, yes, Zoe. I think that was Dakota. Oh, okay. She tell, Zoe, tell, tell Zoe to come here. Come here. You made fun of her for listening to K-pop, and she said, you listen to Spanish yeah. music all the time. Because I had a car full of uh, lacrosse kids. No, it was just me and Dakota, and I think Alex might have been. Yeah, a bunch of lacrosse. I like your hair, Zoe. What's going on? Not much. So, was, Zoe, what do, you listen, what do you listen to these days, Zoe? What do you listen to? Kind of music. Uh, I listen to a lot of stand-up comedy. Oh, my girl! What?! Are you serious? Are you serious right now? Are you are you talking to me? Are you being serious? No, no, no. Playlist right now is stand up comedy. It's like stand up comedy and musicals. That's it. That's you my are gonna you are gonna be somebody amazing one day, and I'm gonna be there for it because you're my favorite. How old are you? Twelve. Oh, you're by far my favorite twelve year old of all time. So, so what's your favorite musical right now? Since we're talking music. Oh, this look. She's like. Look at her. She's deep in thought. Probably, it'd have to be Dear Evan Hansen or Hamilton. My buddy told me I had to listen to Hamilton, and I was like, bro, I'm a guy. I played football in the 90s. I don't listen to musicals, <laughs> but I heard it's amazing. You didn't listen to it? So no, good. I heard I have to. I've seen it. I've seen the musical on Disney+. Plus. I've seen it like four times. I forced it's on my Disney. It is on Disney+. Plus. I, I forgot about that. It is on Disney Plus, but I'll, I went and saw Hamilton in Chicago, and yes, she she still won't forgive me for it. No, but. I told you to go see it without me. I knew I was too young, and I probably wouldn't remember it when I'm older. I love you. Go on. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Zoe. I love that girl. Hamilton in Chicago. I was like, oh, okay, I've heard the music, whatever. We go to Chicago. Dude, it was an all-black cast. Oh, Of course, in Chicago. I was like... And Oprah they, wouldn't have it the other way. They were some of the most <laughs> humans I have ever seen in my life. And yeah. I don't know if all, all the white people in the, in, the, in the audience expected it because some of them looked offended as hell. <laughs> that Alexander Hamilton, like big black dude. But I was like, man. White people don't like change. White people don't like change at all. Oh, man. It was I like. I get it. It was like a misrepresentation of history for them, but, <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't want to listen to the original Open soundtrack, they released a um, they released a mixtape, and they got um, on the Hamilton mixtape. They have like Busta Rhymes and Sia, and I think Missy Elliott's on there. Like the mixtape is Under, like, the underrated Miss, Missy Elliott. The underrated look. I remember Missy Elliott. Remember her wearing the trash bag in the music video? Super duper fly. Yep. We were all we were all like, hey, you know what? Trash bags are sweet. <laughs> so so one thing that I always like am curious about is like music. So music sometimes is produced through creativity and curiosity, but it can also provoke creativity. So do you listen to music, like any type of music, whenever you're trying to create or have an idea or mm. like that yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's cause how my brain works, but I don't like being in quiet. And I mean, so I hate it. I cannot stand a quiet. I can't even go to sleep in quiet. It hurts. It hurts my head and my, it, like my brain don't shut off. So yeah. Um, but when I'm creative, lately I've been listening to this guy, um, Masego. Oh, yeah. I like Masego for sure. <laughs> With his yeah. saxophone and stuff. Um, I do that. I listen to a lot of Dave Matthews band when I'm in a creative space. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite Dave Matthews song? I'm curious. Lyrically. 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 I'll tell you mine so you can think about yours because okay. I have mine's off the top of my head. Me and Dave Matthews have the same birthday. That's how I knew he's my favorite person of all time. Nuh-uh. I swear, he's January 9th. He's from South Africa. That's my guy. But uh, Gray Street, the, the lyrics to Gray Street are amazing, but Dance and Nancy's is probably one of the best songs, I think, written. Oh. Yeah, it's it's very like, like things are bad, things can go bad, but then you look up at the sky and everything's not that bad anymore and everything's not as bad as you think it is 
and it's mm. not always detrimental. We we come from the society to where we have clothes and shoes on our feet, and we have a house overhead, we have water to drink, and we're always just pessimistic about things. But then, and things can go bad. But then you just look up at the sky, and it's like, just when you look up at the stars, you're just like, okay, so I'm not that important. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's not that big of a deal now. It's is not it? that big of a deal. And I, his music, people don't understand. Like, oh, you like Dave? Hey, bro, you really like Dave? Oh, that's ridiculous. That's so stupid. <laughs> What's so stupid <laughs> <to> you? <laughs> yeah, no, that's what people, people act like that, though. It's just like, okay, all right, listen to the music. Oh, I would, I mean, with Dave, I mean, because I'm in love with my husband. I love, like, you and me. That's a great song. And um, Stay or Leave. Yeah, those are two great songs. But I can see the vibe you're going for. Yeah, yeah. They're, but yeah. they're very, like, tantalizing and, like... Very Jack Johnson-y of you to say oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, I got a question for you. Do it. What is the best live show you've ever seen? Best live show I've ever seen was Gary Clark at the Bynum uh, front row. Ooh. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. And I was. Where were you? Uh, the Bynum in Pittsburgh, downtown. Pittsburgh. Okay. And it was probably the high. Like, he, I was so high, he hit his first note on the guitar. I was like, yep, this is where I'm going to be at for the next hour. <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't stop staring at it. It was amazing. Like, and I've been, I mean, I've been to several live shows. I've been to like 13 Dave Matthews concert band. I've been to Drake at least four. I've been to Jay-Z like four times. I've been to Kanye and Jay-Z. If it, a close second would probably be Jay-Z and Kanye Watch the Throne. That was crazy. Um, I've been to Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake. Oh. At Hershey. It was amazing. But yeah, no. It's I crazy that shit like that happens at in Hershey, PA. In Hershey, PA. Hershey, PA. You saw Jay-Z and... Uh, Justin Timberlake was on the piano singing New York, New York. And I was just like, what is happening? I had to just fall to the ground. like take I mean, you, we forget how talented these people are. Well, and that's just it. I feel like, um, you know, like, I'm glad that... I'm glad that they... they I'm glad that pop got to them because it helped them elevate their careers. Right. Yeah. yeah, Um, 100%. But I feel like it's sad. Part of me is saddened because a lot of people will only ever know them for the pop music they released and not for the original artists. And the talent. Yeah. That we got to see them grow into, you know, that's like, I was asking you like, what are you you listening to now? What I'm listening to right now, reasonable doubt by Jay-Z is one of the best rap albums and probably the best rap album of in my head of all time yeah it's just amazing man this dude was a kingpin hustler like the, he was that guy in new york and then just somehow was just like hey i'm gonna just do this music stuff and then killed that but then that whole cd is a, like a recollection of like it's it's just a masterpiece of just work and art and everything coming together and how it is just the manifestation like we said before of just things coming together Mm. ideas and ideologies and creativity just becoming one and being like, Hey, like, yeah, we can do this together. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. I agree completely. It's remarkable to me. And it, it, I'm, I feel so fortunate that we grew up, you know, in the nineties in an era where like music was still not that music's not good now, but I, I desperately in my youth needed the storytelling that we grew up with. Yes. Yeah. And, and I appreciate the heck out of having all of that. So, Rachel, if you were to give people any advice at all, I mean, it could be anything. Like, uh, you see that guy walking across the street? If he has on a red hat and a flannel coat, walk away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of those guys where I'm at right now. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of. But if you give anybody any advice at all, especially with your creative like brain, like, what would you say? Oh shoot. That's a big question. Yeah, I bring that on people. I like it. I mean, I think that I think that advice that I would give anybody is to just not limit your beliefs to what you've been exposed to, and and I think that that could be an easy 
musical reference as well. You know, like we so easily want to limit what our interests and our passions and our beliefs are to what uh, what we've been exposed to in the world. And I think that uh, if you if you if you crawl out of that tiny box you've been living in and you expose yourself yeah. to other, other cultures, other music, other things in the world with an open mind and a very open heart, it'll amaze you.